You are listening to Aldrin Sampia on SAFM, weekdays 3 to 6 p.m. It is now 15 minutes before 5 o'clock. We're in conversation next with Dr. Phil Mdwaha, Director General of the Department of Science and Innovation. So last month, the Minister of Higher Education, Science and Innovation, Dr. Bladen Zamande, unveiled a three-dimensional or 3D technology demonstration project with the potential to improve the delivery of houses in South Africa. The objective of this project is to demonstrate the potential of improving housing delivery, also to assess the social acceptance of 3D printing homes and what is even more amazing is that um, this exciting technology can print a house in 24 hours. So within 24 hours, to tell us more about the benefits of 3D construction printing, we're joined on the line by Dr. Phil Mjocha. Dr. Mjocha, good afternoon and thank you so much for making time for us. When I was watching the video of the demonstration, I was like, sure, uh, we're really living in the future here, hey? Yes, uh, good afternoon to you and your listeners. Uh, we, we're trying our level best to prepare the country uh, for this future that uh, we think is inevitable. So what's the contribution, do you think, um, this, 3D print, this 3D printing in the construction um, sector would have for South Africans in general? Well, I think there, there, there are two issues. The first is that uh, we are in the world which is really impacted by new technologies in a manner that uh, we've never seen before. And our lives in many aspects are going to be changed by this technology. So uh, the first point is whether we endorse these technologies or whether we don't prepare Uh, for what we as a department see as inevitable. The second point is that uh, in the applications and in the areas that we have selected, we try and put together um, mechanisms that help uh, the challenges we have in South Africa, Mm -hmm. but we are very much aware that sometimes uh, these technologies and their introduction could have adverse impact uh, to job uh, yeah. creation, for instance, it could have adverse impact in the manner in which we have to uh, deliver and prepare the skills for the future. And and what sort of research is being done around that, the, specifically the part around job creation? Earlier on, we received one, one voice note from one of our listeners as well, um, saying that while this is great, the major concern for them is around the job part and the people possibly losing their jobs because of this mechanization. Yes. So what we do, because our ministry is a ministry that combines science and innovation, but we are part of the ministry that also involves uh, higher education. In higher education, we have something which we call post-school education and training. Now, in that part of uh, the ministry, we have, for instance, uh, the TVET colleges, uh, we have universities, and and then we have funds that are provided for people who might work closely with industry that are funded through the National Skills Fund and the Sectoral Education Training Authority that are called CETAS. So when we introduce or start investing in these new and emerging technologies, Uh, We then look at what are the skills uh, that would be needed, and then we do two things. We look at how we can reskill those that are already in the industry that you would call reskillable, but we also prepare the young people 
who may want to move into these uh, technologies and make sure that they've got the skills, therefore, uh, to be involved in this industry. In this case, remember that there are three aspects of the technology that we need to train people on. The first is that you need to have this powder that is being sprayed as part of uh, building this 3D. So you have to train people on how you use the powder uh, in this robot, in this machine, if you like, that moves left and right as it builds a house, on how to program the robot, on how to make sure that the powder melts at the right level and it's able to have the strength that is needed so the house doesn't collapse. So you need to train people with that. You need to train people um, on, uh, if you like, what we call regulatory environment because uh, the Mm. regulatory environment that we are talking about for these kinds of skills will be different. You know, you're no longer training people on uh, a uh, certification for bricks and cement, training people on this guy. So this is what we do. And then, of course, um, we acknowledge that inevitably there will be skills that will be completely lost. But the debate then should be, should we not embrace these new technologies? And our view is that uh, maybe you're younger than me. When I grew up, I used to go to the bank if I needed anything Mm. and see the teller in the bank. In the last year, I haven't been to the teller. So what has happened uh, to the people who were employed as tellers? Uh, When you and I grew up in the lift, you wouldn't press the button uh, to drive the lift. There was somebody who was sitting full-time on the lift, 8 to 5, would ask you which floor you're going to. Now, whether we like it or not, those jobs are gone. Uh, They won't come back. Mm. So we need, as a country in our view, to prepare for this future, reskill accordingly, manage the the transition as these technologies come in, and then make sure that uh, we're not left behind. I'm almost certain very few of us are not having cell phones uh, today. Most of us... Uh, who used to have landlines. So so what I'm saying is that this changes and this evolution is something that, in my view, would be difficult to say no to. So our view is that prepare yourself for it, uh, invest in, in, in these mm-hmm. technologies for your own challenges, prepare the, uh, the sector, and then make sure that uh, you deal with the skills uh, that are associated yep. with these uh, new technologies. DJ, how long before we see this technology being implemented? And I know that you've touched a bit on the issues relating to, for instance, in terms of legislation-wise, some mm. of um, some of the uh, the minimum standards. A, 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 a listener raised this mm. issue as well uh, when it comes to the construction industry, that there are certain things that you still would need an architectural engineer for and so forth. Mm. However, though, how long before we get to that point? Well, I can't give the time, but uh, we've now proven the technology. So what needs to be done now, we are engaging, as you know, the pilot was done with the Department of Human Settlements in KZN. And then we are also uh, having a discussion with the Department of Human Settlements nationally. Uh, So what we are doing from the technology and the regulatory environment is we are engaging um, with the structures in the uh, construction sector that would credit and put in something I think is called Blue Book. So this is where you say these are the standards that we need uh, in order for the house to be safe for people to live in. 
that's the process that we don't know how long it will take because it's a new process. But as soon as um, together with the engineering council and other uh, bodies uh, in the construction sector, we get that sorted. We can print the houses tomorrow. Uh, as I say, in partnership with KwaZulu Natal for starters, and then, of course, we, uh, any area that uh, the National Department of Human Settlements identifies as areas where we can then uh, build these houses quickly. KZN was chosen for obvious reasons. We lost a lot of houses last year during the floods, and therefore it would be a nice mm-hmm. area where we could pilot some of these houses, of course, taking into account, making sure that we meet the standards that uh, will have been approved by the regulatory authorities. And currently, um, do we in South Africa have the technology to manufacture the powder that's used by this robot? Yes, uh, we have been doing another project at the CSIR, but it was the printing using lasers in the area of titanium. So if you want to build houses using cement and, and looking at the strength of the cement, we already have that technology from that program, um, which we are already funding, and we are doing some trials on uh, 3D printing outside the housing area, uh, 3D printing for parts, uh, for aeroplanes, and, and, and in the manufacturing sector. So the answer is yes. Okay. A quick call here, DG from D, joining us from Cape Town. D, good afternoon. Okay, we seem to have lost D there. But uh, then the other element, um, DG, is um, the partnership, of course, you've mentioned now that you're working with the Human Settlements Department in KwaZulu-Natal, as well as working with the University of Johannesburg. Yes, uh, we are working very closely with them. For instance, if um, the regulatory authorities say, no, this doesn't meet the standard, this is what you need in order for us to be satisfied that this technology can be rolled out in, in, in houses in certain areas, I suspect it's going to be an iterative process where we'll probably build a couple of houses. Mm-hmm. Then the regulatory authorities um, will come and check the strength of the houses, that they are not collapsing the durability of the houses and that they meet the, the, the building standards. And once they give us the certification that this can be done, uh, we can then start to roll this out. Going back to the discussion we had with you, UJ, because it's a university, start training the young people who will be working in these areas that I mentioned, programming the robots. And then, of course, we'll have to buy as many of these machines as possible uh, to make sure that we build the houses um, that the departments, both in yep. case and of human settlements and nationally, say they need. Okay, we've got Dee back on the line. Dee, good afternoon. Oh, hi. Yes, very interesting. I would like to know a simple small house where you have the the lounge and the dining room all in one with the kitchen, and then you have three bedrooms and two bathrooms. What would that cost, just more or less? Okay. DG, are you able to give us a costing of that? D, thank you so much for that call. So interest is already being expressed, (laughs) D. I don't think I can give you that number, D, at the moment, uh, but uh, we can can try maybe, April, to send that to you if it's been done. But I think it's early days to be able to to give the, the exact number at this point in time. Okay, but certainly that's an expression of interest. DG, thank you so much for your time. It is my great pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, that is uh, the Director General of the Department of Science and Innovation, Dr. Phil Mjwaha. Would you go for it? 3D printing? Eh? Construction? A house? Built by a machine? <laughs> Sounds scary, right? Uh, but totally possible.
0614-104-107. Your tweets at Aldrin Simpia and our studio line is 086-000-2032. I wonder if they, when they're now ready to roll this out, um, what it would mean for the real estate um, industry and the real estate uh, sector and also for the value of properties as well. So while you're used to the brick and mortar, uh, now you have a machine that is able to build the house within 24 hours. 614 that's our voice note line. You can also drop me a tweet at Aldrin St. Pierre and our studio line is 86 2032